you mind standing with me? So there is an old chorus. I'm going to give you the words because we're, we're not going to do the these and thous. It goes like this. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special way. Let's do it together. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special way one more time. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special way. Lord, this is your night. We pray that you would be center. Jesus, you are the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. John said, all I can do is baptize you in water. All all I can do is get you wet. But there's one coming after me that can baptize you, immerse you, overflow you with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we invite you to have your way in this place tonight and in each one of our hearts We love you, and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So when I was growing up, my grandparents lived in Lee Center, Minnesota, and there was a place there called the Isaac Walton. And Isaac Walton, all the grandkids, there were 60 uh, grandchildren and we all slept on the floor and it was just great but there was a pool in the same park as the Isaac Walton a public pool and one of the big events we had is grandma uh, grandma liked to see us in the pool she liked to see her grandchildren exercising and so she would stand at the gate of this place and they would count she was paying the price for all of us and she would just, they would just count them off, count them off, count them off, count them off. And then she would pay for everybody that was in the pool area. But what often happened, if you've been around water a lot, you know this. Everybody's got their own strategy for getting in water. Some people will do a cannonball off the diving board. Other people do the little toe in and then toe out, toe in, and then on the first step and then back out and then on the third step. And uh, other people like to be on the side for a while and, and get hot enough and then they finally get in. But everybody's got their own way of getting in the water. But inevitably, one of my uncles would start pushing people into that pool because the way other people were getting in wasn't fast enough for them. 
And then the pool area became a very dangerous place and everybody clung to the fence or had headed for an exit because no one wants to be pushed in. No one wants to be forced in. And so as we think about tonight, Jesus has paid a great price for every one of us to be in the pool area. He is the one who gave the promise of the Holy Spirit. But there's a lot of fear around the Holy Spirit. There's something about just a doctrine that you can have a little control over and it's kind of, but the Holy Spirit present among us right now doing things, imparting things, that can be a little scary. And I just want you to know this is going to be a safe place here tonight. You're not going to have to do anything you don't want to do. And you can, you can just come and listen and watch. You can enter in as much as you want to. If this is a first step towards something more, then that's wonderful. Um, just please, you, you can relax in this place tonight. All right. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. We're going to have the verses up here. You can turn in your Bible as well. Jesus had said in Acts 1, 4 and 5, he had said, um, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for um, the promise that the Father has given. For not many days from now, you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they, they're like, uh, Lord, is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And, it's, and they, they had all kinds of questions about it. And he says, nope, nope, no, 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 stop. It's not for you to know about any of that. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But you are going to receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witness. So this is, and then he ascended. This is the last things he said before he ascended. So he had been appearing over 40 days, and he just says, wait in Jerusalem. They have no idea how long they're going to be waiting. He just said, wait. Well, they waited for 10 days. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, here we are. They were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I believe that there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit as a second experience. I believe it includes a prayer language. Um, and we are going to go over all of the verses, why I think that's so. I'm going to tell you my own experience right now. But I want, I want you to know something. Um, I don't want anything for you that you don't see in the Bible. It's, it's actually dangerous to just seek experiences for experience's sake. I only want what the Bible has promised me. So we're going to talk about the Word of God but, uh, and go verse by verse over this topic. But first, I want to tell you my experience 
with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I was saved through the Baptist Student Union, and I, we, I was in a Baptist Bible studies and in a, a Baptist a student group, and we, I was a disciple. We were memorizing lots of verses. We were very excited about Jesus and about growing in Jesus, and um, one, I just did whatever my mentors told me to do. And one day they said, we're, we're going over to Midvale Baptist Church. It's over on the west side of Midvale Boulevard, and I went along because that's what I did. And, but that particular Sunday, we were in the Sunday school, and there was a man named Dave leading it. And he said, today I'm going to tell you about an experience that I've had with the Holy Spirit. And he proceeded to tell us about a second experience and about a new prayer language and about a new power that came into his life. And we, we got out of that Sunday school and my leaders were very upset because you get all of the Holy Spirit when you believe in Jesus and everybody doesn't get speaking in tongues. That's only for, for certain people because 1 Corinthians 12 says that all don't speak in tongues. And so they were very upset. And consequently, I was very upset because I was whatever they told me. That's, if they were upset, I'm upset. And how dare he think that he has any more of the Holy Spirit or has any experience. And I was, uh, I just took on that same strong opinion against a second experience. But that summer, I went home, and uh, I was part of the campus life group. And there was a, a, a guy, a great, a great friend, uh, a very gentle man. He said, I don't, I don't want to argue about anything, but I want to give you a book to read. And the name of that book was Smith Wigglesworth, An Apostle of Faith. And I'm like, okay. And I will never forget the night that I read that book. Smith Wigglesworth, my mom and dad were having bridge club downstairs. I'm upstairs by myself. I start reading this book. I cannot put it down. Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber. He got saved in the late 1800s through the Salvation Army. And then he had a second experience with the Holy Spirit with uh, speaking in other tongues, and he he was adamant that he had as much Holy Spirit as any of these people did because he had he was he was from England and he went down to where they he heard they were speaking in tongues and he had read about tongues in the Bible and and so he went down to find out what they had and he was just adamant I've got as much of the Holy Spirit as any of you people and da 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 and he had strong opinions for a whole week and finally the pastor's wife on the very last day she said Smith you know. I know that you're upset and I know that you think you've, but you know, you came all this way. How much would it hurt if you just let me pray for you? And he's like, I guess that wouldn't do any damage. <laughs> and he gets, he gets, she prays for him and the glory of God comes over him and he begins speaking in another tongue and he goes back to 
his wife, Polly, was always the preacher. He was the plumber. She was the preacher. He would organize the meetings, but he couldn't speak. She tried to get him to speak many, many times. And he, he would just get up and he would read the text and he'd sit down because he just, he couldn't get it out. And, and so he told her, something has happened with the Holy Spirit. I have received the, the baptism of the Holy She says, no. She says, all right, we'll see, big boy. You preach tonight. She's sitting on the back row. He starts preaching, and she's just like, oh, Lord, what did you do with my Smith? I read the rest of this book, and I don't know that anybody has seen signs and wonders since the Apostle Paul, like Smith Wigglesworth. Eight people were raised from the dead in his ministry. Healing manifested. Glorious, glorious healings. Limbs growing on. I'm reading this book. It's the book of Acts happening in the 20th century. I am crying as I read this book. And I'm just like, this, it was so foreign to my experience. My experience was all about me. It was all about what I did. It was about my will, my obedience, what I could do. This was all about God doing something. This was like, this was a powerful Christianity that I knew nothing of, but I knew as I get, I get done with that book, I'm like, this is what I want. <laughs> I don't care what anybody, what anybody else thinks about it. This is what I want. This is more biblical than what I have. So that was, all, that was my first taste into more other than the, the, the Bible study. And so, I was asking God, and everywhere I went, it seemed like they were talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, I told you I was part of the Campus Life Group. Well, there was a leader of the Campus Life Group. His name was Larry, and uh, he's still a good friend. Still works in Campus Life down in Milton. And he was, just, he was always just this bright, shining light. Always, always happy, always filled, always... And he invited me out to this Bible study. So it's me and like six teenage kids. And I'm in college. They're all teenagers. And Larry. And Larry tells us, he says, tonight we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My, my heart starts pounding. I, this is all, everywhere I go, this is what I'm hearing about. And he tells about his experience. He tells about getting the prayer language. And he, he ends this way. He said, I would never tell you all this without giving you a chance to receive what I received. So he had everybody bow their head. He said, if you would like to receive this experience, just raise your hand. I'm just, I can't get my hand high enough. This is, I am so ready for this. And he said, okay, go ahead and put those hands on. Apparently, all the, everybody raised their hand for it. And he said, well, I'm just going to lay hands on you because this is the biblical way. And I'm going to lay hands on you. And I'm going to pray in tongues over you. And you just go ahead and start speaking out. And, of course, I've never spoken in tongues. I don't know really what it is, except that I've read about it. And so he's coming over to me first, and I'm getting ready to speak in tongues. So I got my tongue. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it involves this thing. So I've, I, got, I got my tongue out. And he, he, he starts praying over me. And, I'm, and I, I, start, I start going like this. 
it sounded, it, it honestly, it sounded like a sick cow. <laughs> like somebody take that cow out of its misery. And I just, I was doing everything I could to get that prayer language, but it was just, I'm just me mooing over here. So he's just like, we're going to just move on. So, and then this bothered me. He moves on to these six kids. Every one of these kids, he prays for them. They start speaking. They're just praying in tongues. Boom, 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 boom. I'm over here mooing. And I'm just like, this is so wrong. I wanted it way more than it. These kids don't even know what they got. I, I, I wanted this so much more than they did. And here I am over here. And so I go over to Larry after it. And, and I said, Larry, I said, I... I understand that it's a gift. I, I know that I received the gift. I said, but I, I, I don't think I have the prayer language yet. He said, yeah, I don't think you have it either. <laughs> he, said, he said, but don't, don't worry about it. It'll come. And I'm like, okay. So I'm on my way home. I'm driving home. And I decide to step out a little. I heard these kids using their tongues. I heard Larry using his so I just started speaking out something similar to what they're saying. And all of a sudden, it's going, and it's going, and it's going. And I'm like, oh my, this might be it. I'm speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues all the way home. I get home. I call Larry. I tell him what happened. He said, that's it. You've got it. And I'm just like, I was so excited. I'm praying in tongues, and I'm praying loud. I'm praying soft. I'm praying under my breath. I'm praying. And then I'm afraid to go to sleep. Because I'm like, what if I lose it? What if I lose it? I had, I had no experience at all with this. So, so I go to bed. I wake up the next morning, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I can still do it. So I start speaking in tongues, and I, I'm probably maybe five seconds into it, and a voice speaks to my head in my mind very clearly. This isn't God. It's just you. And I just stopped. And I'm like, yeah, it really is. It, it is me. I, I am the one doing it. There's no question about that. And it is weird. And then I'm like, wait a minute. But this is in the Bible. And the Bible says this. And the Bible says that the one that speaks in a tongue is going to edify himself and charge himself up and build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So I said, I said, Lord, honestly, I don't know whether this is me or just me or if it's really you. But your, your word says that if I speak in tongues, I'm going, to, I'm going to be edified. I'm going to be charged. So I've got a deal for it. I'm not saying we should make deals with God, but I made a deal with God. I said, I'm going to do this for one week. If, every, if nothing has really changed, then I'm not going to do this anymore because this is kind of weird. but that's my pact with you. If this is you, let me be charged. So I prayed in tongues every day. I would pray in the car. I would pray under my breath while I was at work. I would pray when I got home. I would go to church and pray. I prayed in tongues all week long. By Friday of that week, there was a river flowing from me. My whole Christianity was different. Everybody knew it. All, everybody in the group, one kid said, it was like you were in first gear, revving, 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 and all of a sudden you found fifth, and boom, it was a whole nother gear. 
my Christianity took off. My Christianity had been hard. It had been a little mean before because I was always mad at everybody because they weren't obeying God and they weren't doing enough. My, my new, the new Christianity was just a joyful, happy. It was just electric. The word of God was coming alive to me. It didn't feel forced anymore. It felt more like a river. But I was going back to campus and I was very concerned because I was rooming with a guy from the Baptist Student Union named Warren. And I, of course, as far as I know, no one in Madison speaks in tongues except for this one Dave guy at Midvale Baptist. I don't know of any, I don't know there is a charismatic movement. I don't know anything that's going on. And so I'm like, how am I going to tell this guy what happened to me? And so we, we, I take him down to lunch the first day. Warren and I go down to lunch down to Gordon Commons. And I say, Warren, something happened to me this summer. And I don't, I don't really have the words to tell you how it happened. He said, you know what? He said, hold that for a sec, because something happened to me too. I want to tell you what happened to me. And he tells me what happened to me. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit that summer. He got the prayer. He got the whole thing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, are you kidding me, God? Are you kidding me? You, I just think God loves this stuff. <laughs> anyway. Since that time, I have prayed for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And here's why. Outside of daily Bible reading, nothing has helped my spiritual life more than being able to pray in tongues every day. I use my prayer language every single day. It is so helpful. You can use your prayer language when you're in the mood and when you're not in the mood. And in any situation where you don't know what to pray, you can use your prayer language. It's amazing. I, I just want everybody to have this weapon. Um, but for that to happen, it's, it's very important to me that you see it from the Bible and see that it's for you from the Bible. So here we go. Um, point one is two experiences. The first person that had two experiences with the Holy Spirit was Jesus. Jesus, at his birth, the, the, the angel Gabriel said, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you, Mary, and that which is born of you is going to be the Holy One of God. Jesus was born of the Spirit. Jesus had the Holy Spirit from birth. When he was 12 years old, the anointing that teaches all things had been teaching him, and he, he blew away everybody about his knowledge of the Word of God. Yet when he was 30 years old, and he was baptized... The Holy Spirit came on him in a new way. It was an empowerment for ministry. You say, well, how? If the Holy Spirit's a, a person, how can you have more of the Holy Spirit? I don't know. All I know is that Jesus had this second encounter with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he didn't do one miracle while he was growing up. The first miracles when he changed the water into one. Not one miracle until after this empowering of the Holy Spirit. Then we have the apostles. In the upper room, John 20, 22, Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on them. 
That is the same breathe as the Hebrew breathe in Genesis 2-7 where God breathed life into man. God, there was an impartation of the breath of God, of the Holy Spirit, to make them born again. And then he said, wait, because there's another experience with the Holy Spirit. Not for salvation. It's not for your salvation. It's for power to be a witness. You're going, the, the, my ministry, you're going to duplicate because you're going to get my power. This is not going to be willpower. This is not going to just be intellectual power. You're going to receive the power that was on me. And, that, and then they go back and they wait and they receive this second experience or empowering of the Holy Spirit. Then we have the Samaritans, and that is in Acts chapter 8. If we, if we have that, otherwise I'll read it right from here. Acts 8, 12 through 17. Boom, we don't have it. Okay, here we go. Acts 8. I could probably do it from memory too, but because I've shared it so many times, but here we go. But when they, the Samaritans, believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and he observed signs and great miracles taking place. He was constantly amazed. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, They sent Peter and John, who came and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. They had believed and they were baptized. They all, you can't be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. So what does Luke mean when he says they hadn't received the Holy Spirit? He's talking about this second experience. He, he references this gift of the Holy Spirit, this empowerment of the Holy Spirit, as a separate experience from salvation. They were, they were saved, they believed, they were water baptized, but they had not yet received this second filling of the Holy Spirit. So they sent Peter and John. They came down and notice no one waited. No one, they didn't go wait for 10 days. They didn't, no. The Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost and after that, no one waited. You just laid hands on people and they received. Two experiences. Here's Acts chapter 19. Starting in verse 1. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men. So here's the situation. This is, I don't know that Paul was good at small talk. Paul comes up to some people that he thinks 
our disciples. And he starts the conversation this way. Did you guys receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I mean, he is just to business. Let's do this thing right now. And they're like, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. He's like, time out. <laughs> okay, you guys are not what I thought you were. Tell me where, what, what your experience is. Oh, we just know about John. We were water baptized. And he says, listen, John was a forerunner. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the one that you need to put your trust in. He was the one John was pointing to. And they're like, okay. And they receive Christ. They get water baptized. And then Paul, man of action, immediately is laying hands on them for the Holy Spirit, for this baptism, this second experience that he was so jealous that believers would have. And they all began to speak in other tongues. Two experiences. John chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus speaks to the Samaritan woman. And he says, whoever believes in me is going to have a well in them that springs up to eternal life. Every believer has this well within them. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. Every believer has this well that has in that everything you need to teach you, the anointing that teaches you, the fruits of the Spirit, they are all in that well that springs up to eternal life. And then Jesus gave a second experience in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. He said, if anyone is thirsty and, 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 and comes to me, and drinks. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Because the Holy Spirit at that point had not yet been given in that way, because Jesus had not died and been glorified yet. One is the well within for you. One is the river flowing out that is for others. It is an empowerment for witness. It is to, what immersion means, baptism means immersion, and immersion means to be absolutely dunked, saturated, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. God wants the river or the well to overflow into a river out into the public sphere. <clears throat> so point to what are tongues? Number one, a spiritual language. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, for, if, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. Verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So it is a first a prayer language. It is a prayer language spoken by the spirit within, and it bypasses your mind. Your mind does not understand. You are speaking directly to God. It's like a it's like a hotline to God. The Holy Spirit in you is using your mouth, using your will, and you are speaking in this other tongue directly to God, and your mind is unfruitful or does not understand what you're saying. There are two types of tongues. 
Paul says there's, though I speak in the tongues of men or the tongues of angels. Some of the, the both are supernatural. Like in Acts chapter 2, the tongues they received were tongues spoken on that earth. The, the Jews had gathered from all over the world. They did for all of the feasts. And so these Jews that came from all these different places, they, they knew their language from where they came from, and they knew Aramaic, which was the local language. And they heard them speaking in the languages that they were from. Even though they're untrained Galileans, they don't, they don't know any of these languages and they're, they're praising God in our language. What is going on? They were declaring the, the greatness and the mystery of God in tongues that they had never learned. Paul says there's also tongues of angels that you can get a prayer language that literally is not spoken on this earth. It's only spoken by angels. How that works and how God decides which tongue people get, I have no idea how he does it. I, I, I also know this. You can get more than one tongue. Where you, you pray for some things, and it sounds like Chinese, and you're praying for other things, and it sounds like Spanish. And I don't, I don't know how it works, and I guess that's the point. We're not, we don't have to know how it works. God knows how it works. What are tongues? First, it's a spiritual language. Secondly, it's the expected evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here's Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46. Here we go. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers, that's the Jewish believers, who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. How did they know? Did they smile more? Were they laughing? Were they, did they see the wind? Did they get the fire? No, here's the next verse. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, and we don't have any more. Well, Peter basically says this. Who can deny these Gentile believers water baptism when they received the same gift that we received at the beginning? Speaking in tongues went with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter um, 19, all 12 spoke in tongues. In Acts 2, all 120 spoke in tongues. In Acts 10, at the house of Cornelius, Gentile believer, all of them spoke with other tongues. Jesus had said this promise in Mark 16, 17. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Second, they will speak in new tongues. Aren't you glad that every single believer has the authority to cast out demons? Aren't you glad that every believer gets that authority, that that's not just for a special few, for a few gifted ones, that every believer has the right and the authority to use Jesus' name? Well, friends, in the same list is new tongues. God has a new tongue for believers. He has a prayer language for every believer. And some have pointed to Acts 9 and said, it says that Paul was baptized in the Holy Spirit and he didn't speak in tongues because the text just doesn't say it. I actually think he did. But either way, we know for sure that Paul did speak in tongues because he says in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I speak in tongues more than all of you. This is to the Corinthians who are kind of infatuated with their tongues. Uh, Paul spoke in tongues. 
The other verse that they point to is the Acts 8 passage where Peter and John come and pray for them and it doesn't specifically say they spoke in tongues, but I think they did. I think they did. Let me tell you why. It says that they believed God when Philip preached the word of God and they were baptized, men and women, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. How do they know? How do they know that they hadn't received the Holy Spirit? Did, were they not happy enough? What, what, they were looking for something. And then Peter and John came down and prayed for them and they started receiving the Holy Spirit. And once again, I asked the question, how, how did they know that they were receiving? I believe they spoke in tongues. I believe that speaking in tongues is the expected evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I say expected instead of initial. And let me tell you why. Well, for one thing, I didn't, I didn't get my prayer language right away. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit first, and the prayer language came later. And I think it happens a lot of times, especially with Americans. We're so in our head. We're so intellectual. We're, we question everything. We doubt everything. And so sometimes our theology won't even give us permission to speak in tongues. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's a, there's a prayer language in there. But that doesn't mean you have to use it. It doesn't mean you want to use it. It doesn't mean you're willing to use it. And so you can actually be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not manifest that prayer language. And so tonight, I'm going to encourage us to receive, to whoever wants to receive tonight, and uh, you'll receive it as a gift, because that's, that's what this is, is a gift. Um, and part of it is speaking in tongues. Now, can I tell you why I think, I, I don't have any, thing in scripture that will prove this. Let me tell you why I think God put the speaking in tongues of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think it's a humbling stigma that you have to embrace if you want to move in his power. <laughs> we all want to look good. We all want to look respectable. And God's like, okay, I'm going to give them my power, but they're going to have to look a little silly. They're, they're, I'm going to give them this prayer language and they're not even going to know what they're saying and they're not going to be able to explain it to other people and people are going to think they're kind of weird. And he's like, yeah, that'll work. That, 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 that will work. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's humbling. It, it, it really is. The prayer language is, is humbling. To be one of those tongues talkers, is, uh, uh, to be in that group, that's, that's, that's my group. <laughs> um, so... It, it really does, it, it really humbles us to, to, to enter into that. But if this is the way God set it up, Lord, give me everything you have. What are tongues? Thirdly, a prayer language and a public gift. There are two types of tongues. One is a public gift. Everybody will not have it. It's in 1 Corinthians 12. It is given to some. It is always accompanied by an interpreter. If, if you give a public tongue, the Spirit comes on you, and you give a public tongue, you need to pray that you interpret it. If somebody else doesn't interpret it, you need to interpret it. We've had several people that have had that gift that, that have manifested some recently in our prayer meeting, or we've had some Sunday morning tongues too, and 
we always wait for an interpretation. The service would actually be out of order. Um, that one is under only as the Spirit wills. It's not up to the person. It's up to the Holy Spirit. And it is not for the edification of that person. It's for the, all the gifts, the public gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. They're for the body. They're not for you. They're through you to the body. The prayer language is different than the public gift in a number of ways. I'm just going to give you Paul's own testimony. I thank God, verse 18 of chapter 14. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind that I may instruct others rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. This is a private prayer language. One is public and used in church and is interpreted. One, the, the private prayer language, is for yourself. It says, he who prays in a tongue edifies himself, verse 14.4. Uh, Whereas the public one is for it to be a blessing to others. And the private prayer language moves as the spirit, or, or as the, the, the you choose, not as the spirit chooses. Um, you can use your prayer language whenever you want to. In fact, we're exhorted to use our prayer language. Jude 20, build up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 6.18, with all of your prayers, pray in the Spirit. Pastor Tom, I don't think that's talking about tongues. I just think that means with all your prayers, be led by the Holy Spirit. Well, let's use the hermeneutic of Scripture. Instead of us deciding what Paul means when he says, with all your prayers, pray in the Spirit, let's let him tell us what he means. Because in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, he makes a distinction between mind prayer and spirit prayer. He says, when I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind has no understanding. So what will I do? I will pray with my mind. You want to be led by the spirit when you pray with your mind. And I will pray with my spirit, which he had just said is speaking in tongues, is praying in tongues. So when Paul says, with all your prayers, pray in the spirit, he's saying, we still need to pray in English. We still need to pray the best we can. But it's really, really helpful to then pray in the Spirit. We'll see why in just a moment. Um, number three, why would I want a prayer language? First, for spiritual edification. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. The word there is charges himself. The problem with Christians is we're a lot like batteries. Have you ever noticed the frustrating thing about batteries is every battery looks brand new. But we've been around batteries enough, haven't we? We are, we are not impressed that a battery looks new. We, it does, that does not mean it has a charge. Just because it looks really new does not mean it's charged up and ready to go. And if you've been around Christianity enough, you also know the same is true about Christians. Just because they're a Christian doesn't mean there's a charge. Just because we have it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
But sometimes we have faith, but our faith is being choked up by the cares and the worries and the pleasures of this life. And so what praying in tongues does is it charges you. Jude says it, you build up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't give you faith. It builds up the faith you have. It's not a replacement for spending time in the Word of God and knowing the Word of God, but it takes the faith that's already there and it makes it usable. It, you are present and ready to go. And I use my prayer language all of the time for this. If, I, if I'm going to, before I start my day, I always pray in tongues. Before I preach, I always pray in tongues. Before I'm go, I know I'm going to minister deliverance or minister in some impossible situation, I always pray in tongues. I want to be charged. I want to be ready. I want to be alive. It's a wonderful thing to be able to charge yourself up by praying in the Spirit. Secondly, to pray for others. Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit speaks through us, cooperating with us. He doesn't do our praying for us. He helps us with our prayers. He prays with groanings and one translation, words beyond our regular speech. There is groanings of intercession where you can't even pray. You're just groaning it out before God. And that, that is the Holy Spirit bringing that out. Speaking in tongues is, is similar to that. It's the Holy Spirit's expression. He knows what needs to be prayed for. When my mom had cancer, she had breast cancer, and my mom, I've never seen my mom in a, she's a very, very strong woman, and she just, there, there are no problems. She just overcomes, 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 and this wiped her out. She fell into a depression, and she was up in her room, and she had lost all of her hair, and, and Alice and I went up there, and of course, at this time, they think we're in a cult. They have no idea who we are or what is going on with us. And, and, but I said, Mom, can we pray for you? And she said, sure, pray for me. So I pray a little prayer in English, and then I started praying in tongues. It's probably the only time in her whole life she's ever heard tongues. And I don't know what the Holy Spirit prayed. But I know this, my mom came down out of that bedroom and she announced to our whole family, she said, I'm healed. She said, Tommy prayed. He used that language and I am healed. She said, I, don't freak out. I'll still go through the rest of the treatment. She said, but I know, I know I'm healed. And you know what? She was 100% healed from that time on. She just went to be with the Lord last year, and it wasn't from anything to do with cancer. I had a really good friend that uh, we, 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 we kind of were revivalists together uh, in this church, and we, we would pray in tongues all the time together out loud. And um, I had no idea that he was doubting his tongues. He would, he would use his prayer language all the time, but he doubted whether they were from God. And he went to seminary out in Southern California, and he decided he was going to have it out with God. He said, God, 
your, your word says that I will be edified if I speak in tongues. And, and so I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do it for 30 days. I'm, I'm, I'm setting an egg timer. And I'm going, to, I'm going to pray in tongues for 15 minutes every single night for 30 straight days and just see what happens. I'm asking you to confirm that this is yours over these 30 days. It's halfway through the 30 days. And he's in this class called Signs, Wonders, and Church Growth. It's taught by C. Peter Wagner and John Wimber. And John Wimber was Mr. Word of Knowledge, Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he always had workshops at the end. He wanted people to experience the power of God. And so it's the end of class. He said, it's workshop time. He said, the Lord tells me there are seven people here right now whose hands are burning. Could I see those seven hands? Boom, 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 boom. My friend is one of the seven. His hands are burning unexplainably. And so he said, this is our prayer. Come on up here, guys. And so if you've got a need, you come up and you get prayed for. And so um, they have this prayer time. And um, this lady comes up to my friend. And he starts praying in his prayer language over her and starts using warfare over her. It's all in other tongues and doesn't think a thing of it except that God was there. Later that day, they're in the post office. He is in the post office. She comes in with her friend and she screams in the post office. There he is! (laughs) They run over to him. She says, I have got to know something. Do you know Spanish? He's like, now she starts crying she says i took this class i didn't know if any of this stuff was real she said you did not just pray over me in spanish you prayed over the exact dialect from the part of mexico that i am in and she tells him what he was praying and the things he pulled off of her and the warfare he's now crying in the post office because god confirmed that even though he was the one doing it, it was from God. It was God working through human beings to do wonderful, wonderful things. He can intercede for those things. Has anybody not known what to pray? You know, you're praying for somebody. God, mm, bless them. Mm, mm. No, 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 no. I want more for them. Really bless them, God. Bless them big time. Give them the mother. I mean, we just don't, we run out of words. How do you pray for Germany? You know, Lord, I'm just going to pray for Germany right now. Touch Germany, God. And you know, what do you picture? God, you know, touch. You know, we, we just, we're so limited. And obviously there's prayers that we can pray that are biblical prayers and, and coming into agreement with what God's shown us to pray. And so we do have some understanding. We pray and we intercede as much as we can. But it's really nice after you've done your best to pray in tongues. With all your prayers to pray in the Spirit. And then thirdly, why would anybody want a prayer language for the rest that it gives you in the Spirit? This is Isaiah 28. Indeed, he will speak to this people through stammering lips in a foreign tongue. He who said to them, here is rest. Give rest to the weary. 
prayer language is so easy. You can just put a CD on and just pray in tongues. The fact is, you pray in tongues through a whole CD, it's hard to stop praying in tongues. I used to, when I was going through a really, really dark time, I remember this, Alice does too, I would go up in our closet, we had this big closet, I would lock myself in this closet, and I would play computer golf and pray in tongues for hours. <laughs> tongues comes out of your spirit. It doesn't involve your mind. It is a rest for, for the people of God. It can just flow whenever you want to. And if, you're, if, if there's an emergency and you don't know what to pray, you just use your prayer language. It's amazing. All right. So receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit first. Being thirsty is the beginning. If anyone is thirsty, not just believes in me, but is thirsty and believes in me. I used to push the baptism of the Holy Spirit on people. I used to, because it was so great for me. I just wanted everybody to have it. It doesn't work. It doesn't, you don't force people into spiritual things. Um, if you're thirsty, you're a candidate. <laughs> and I know you're thirsty at some level or you wouldn't be here tonight. Um, secondly, it's receiving a gift. You remember John 1.12, it says that to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God. Have you noticed um, when, when people are, we want to get somebody saved, we never pray, God, if it be your will, save this person. It is God's will. He's poured salvation out on the world already. He's no longer holding the world's sins against them. He's poured out salvation, but that doesn't mean that the world doesn't need to actively receive what he's done. You, it, it, that receive is an action. In Acts 2, 37 through 39, they say to Peter, what shall we do? He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, uh, to the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive, it's that same receive as John 1, 12, the promise of the Father. For the promise is to you, to your children, and to as many far off, as many as the Lord I calls, the promise of this second experience with the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit has already been poured out on the church. The church, the only people that waited was the original group. The Holy Spirit is here waiting to be received in fullness. It is just receiving a gift Luke 11, 11 through 13. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. Will he, not, will he not give him a snake instead of a fish? Will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion? Will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Notice this is pure gift. He says, this is not for good people because there aren't good people. My own disciples are evil. But this is part of my solution. You asking for the Holy Spirit. You don't earn this. You're not good enough for it. You're not mature enough for it. You just ask the Father. And you don't need to worry that you're going to get a demon or something bad's going to happen. This text is all about, this is a loving Father. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, that's all you're going to get is the Holy Spirit. Nothing else is going to be slipped in there. There are two hindrances to receiving, to fully receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
The first one, which we're going to deal with right away, is unforgiveness. The favorable year of the Lord. Jesus came to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The favorable year of the Lord is the year of the Lord where everybody gets a new beginning. Everybody gets a fresh start. Everybody gets forgiveness for past sins, for, for land that they lost, for if they've been enslaved, they get their freedom. But the favorable year of the Lord is also the year where everybody gives freedom. That those who had enslaved people free the slaves. Those who had, had taken that property now give that property back. And the way God's favor works, the way that God's favor flows, the way his generosity comes to us involves us giving generously forgiveness to everybody else. That, that if we're going to receive fresh from God, we need to be willing to be generous and forgive the people that have hurt us, the people that have... And this is, this is a stinker. When, when you refuse to forgive, when you hold on to hatred and unforgiveness for somebody, um, and you refuse to forgive, it's going to be really hard to receive anything from God. And so God wants... Um, he wants to pour his favor out. But before he can, we need to release anybody that right now we're mad at, angry at, or have had a grudge against. So I just want to do that right now with all of us. Could we do that? Could you just bow your head right now? Lord, you are a generous father. You are a gracious father. You want to pour out your Holy Spirit and your favor on your children. But you said, Lord, that we need to forgive to kind of clear the way. And so right now, if there's a face in front of you, go ahead and acknowledge that they sinned against you and then just say, Father, you forgave me. I forgive them right now. And if there's more than one face, if, if this has been an issue in your life, let's just, let's just call it what it is. Lord, I have an issue with this. But right now, I'm willing to forgive, and I give them to you. I lay them down at the cross. I thank you, God, that you have given me favor. You've given me forgiveness. Now, I want to extend that same favor and forgiveness, even though they don't deserve it, because I didn't deserve it. So, Lord, clear the pathway in my heart for all you want to do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Second hindrance to receiving, we're almost done, is... We need to cooperate with him. It says in Acts 2.4, they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I understand the desire that it's real. And so for it to be real, we don't want to do anything. We want it to be a radio that it, God just turns on and all of a sudden completely apart from us, it starts coming out. That's not how it works. That is not how it works. If you don't actually step out and speak in tongues, this is very profound, you will never speak in tongues. <laughs> if you're unwilling to speak, you won't speak. You're going to have to step out a little. The Holy Spirit comes, and honestly, I hesitate even to tell my own experience because how that prayer language comes is different for everybody. Some people see a word. I never saw a word. Some people have a feeling. I didn't have a feeling. Um, I just started speaking, and then there was a language there. Um, 
Different people experience it differently. But I know this. If, if you're so intent that it's God that you're not going to cooperate with this thing, you're, you're just going to, nothing will happen. You'll be here and it'll just be you. You're going to have to step out. You're going to have to exercise some faith and step out. The Holy Spirit will aid us. He will guide us. He will give you evidence that it's real after you have stepped out, that that edification will come. You will know that it is real, but you're going to have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. I, I've just, I've prayed for so many people. Some people are just sure that God's going to baptize everybody else, but not them. And all it took was just a little encouragement, and boom, they're speaking in tongues. And they're usually, and I'm like, that's it. And they're like, really? I was hoping it would be something bigger than that. Mm, sorry. It's, it's not that impressive. So, I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes people get the warm oil. Sometimes people get the fire on their head. Sometimes people feel the wind. Uh, usually not. Usually it's just tongues. But I'll tell you what. Do not underestimate the power of that weapon. And then finally, receiving the baptism of the Spirit. Persevere. <laughs> if everything doesn't happen that you were hoping for tonight... If you don't get the whole language or you just get the beginning or you feel like it's more you than God tonight, guys, it doesn't mean God doesn't love you and it doesn't mean you didn't receive. It just means we're working this thing out. Uh, we, 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 one guy, he, he, at the Baptist church, he was the chairman of the board of the Baptist church right down from our church in Montevideo and he called me. He said, I spoke in tongues last night, my dream. He says, what's that mean? And I said, well, come on down and we'll see. And so we came down and and got some guys around him. I said, no, I just want you to do what you did in your dream. And he has prayer language. Um, it come, the Holy Spirit is poured out in so many different ways and how that prayer language comes. You talk to 10 people and you're going to get 10 different stories. Um, but God, God loves you. God is for you. And God wants you to have every weapon at your disposal that he can give you. So, Here's how I want to end. Like Larry, I would not share all this without giving you a chance to receive. So could we, could we just have every head bowed for a moment, every eye closed? I want to just take any pressure off. If you're here tonight and, and this whole teaching has been more confusion than anything else, you're probably not ready to get prayed for. That's okay. That's okay. Go home and study these verses. Read through Acts. Read through 1 Corinthians 14 and 12 and study on this more and, and just allow a process. But if you're here tonight and you are ready, you are thirsty, not that you really understand it completely, but you are thirsty and you want to receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit, would you just slip your hand up right now long enough for me to see it? See that hand and that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Hands all over the place. Okay, you guys can put those hands down. Um, I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. <clears throat> if you did not raise your hand the first time, and, but you are here, and you 
have a prayer language or you've been prayed for before and maybe you even have a couple words, but you want to get released in your prayer language, when I invite the people that raise their hands to come forward, I want you to come forward as well because God wants to release people that feel like they have a partial language or the beginning of it or just they have a language, but they never use it because there's no confidence. And so, um, so as uh, those that raise their hand and you're getting it for the first time, we're not going to know if you're getting it up here for the first time or if you're one of those that's getting reactivated or whatever. But um, it, I'm going to ask you, if you would, uh, step out right now. Either one of those categories, step out and come down to the front and we're going to do some ministry down here. Just let's make one line all the way across. If you're in either one of those categories, if it's uh, first time you want to get prayed for for the baptism or you want to be re-released in your tongues. And what's going to be really helpful is if we can be one line all the way across because I'm going to have a team come up here that's going to help us. So, yep, come on over here. Let's go all the way to the wall if we have to. Okay? This is just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful, guys. I'm so excited about what God's going to do. Now, if at some point during the night you're just here watching and you want to receive too, but you're a little shy right now, you can come up later. I'm going to open that up too. All right, I have a team of people that is going to come in the front with me. Would would that team come on up here right now? They're going to help. And if you've got a friend here that's here to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you already have it, but you want to come and aid them, would you, you're welcome to come up and stand behind them and start, I'll I'll give you instructions too. Just put a hand on their back. You're welcome to come from the the backside. But I, I need that line to stay uh, to, so that I know who's in the, in the receive line. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. First, I'm going to have a little prayer for you. Then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. The, the prayer is going to be very similar to salvation, except it's going to be for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to pray it right out loud, and you're going to receive by faith this second experience that has a prayer language, we're going to just, we're going to pray that prayer. Then I'm going to have you just open up your mouth wide and inhale. This is from Psalm 81. I love this verse. It says, open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. And then Jesus is just going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. At that point, I'm going to, we're going to turn some music on at that point. Our team is going to come and lay hands on you. But you, at that point, I want you to go ahead and start speaking out in the new language. There's going to be a new language there. And it's, it's important that you don't speak in English. If you speak in English, you're not going to be able to speak in tongues. So just receive. Then they're going to start speaking in tongues. I will start speaking in tongues. And you go ahead and just join us as as the river flows. What I'm going to do at that point, I'm going to start over here with Elijah, and I will go all the way down to check on you. These guys are going to come. They're going to be praying for it, but they'll let me through. I want to, 
I want to encourage you. I want to help. Don't wait for me to get there before you step out. But I'm, I'm going to come down and just see where you are. And um, I want you to be bold. I want you to step out. I, want you, I will say this tonight. Volume and speed are up to you. <laughs> I want you to speak it out loud. I realize that usually in a church service, you don't speak, a lot of people don't speak in tongues at the same time. Well, that, that's, that's different. That's a teaching service. This is a baptism of the Holy Spirit service. They all spoke in tongues at the same time in Acts 2. So we're all going to be speaking at the same time out loud. The reason why I'll say add speed and volume is because I want you to gain confidence in it. I want you to speak it out. I want you to see that this is, that you can't, Speak this fast and in, in, in without planning it. Don't get stuck in your... Oh, I'm giving you too much instruction. All right, let's pray. I'm going to pray for you first, and then, and then I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, I thank you for each one of these beloved sons and daughters. I thank you for the thirst that is in their heart that brought them first to this building and then up to this altar. Lord, this pleases you. This, this is... Each one of these, your eye is on. I know that right now. Would you let them know how loved they are right now and how favored they are right now? Father, in Jesus' name, take away all fear, take away all confusion, and help us just in childlike faith receive what you freely want to give us. Okay, guys, out loud after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. I'm asking you now to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Immerse me with your Holy Spirit to the overflowing. Give me power to be your witness. And give me a new prayer language according to your promise. I receive right now by faith, in Jesus' name. Now I want you to just open your mouth wide and just receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Shiria rapa pa sarabaka kia tarapa po sarabaka kia ndoro po porap
nothing worth more that will ever come close nothing can compare okay okay we're going to have a little time out now if everybody could just stop whatever they're doing and look up here okay okay so here's the first thing i want to ask if you are confident that you have a prayer language uh, raise your hand real high right now i want to just see how many what the volume is, okay? About three quarters of you already have the prayer language and you've got confidence, okay? Put those down. Now, here's what we're going to do. I I stopped you for two reasons. One, for those that already have a prayer language, I want you to see that you can start this again whenever you want to. That you can, it's under your will. You can stop it, you can start it. We're gonna pray in tongues again. Now, for all of you that don't have confidence that you have your prayer language yet. Maybe you feel like you have a line or a word or a beginning. This is going to be an exciting time. This is round two. This is where a lot of action happens. Let me tell you what's going to happen. First, there's no pressure because we've already gotten rid of that. We, we did that. There was pressure the first time. There's no pressure anymore. You've already received. It's already in. The Holy Spirit's in. So now it's just a matter of getting it out. Second round we're going to run the music a little louder even. And we're going to all be praying in tongues. I want everybody to use their prayer language. I want you to use it uninhibitedly. We're in, we're, we're, it, this is Acts chapter 2. And if you're still trying to break through, go ahead and take some chances. There, this is a safe place. Nobody's going to be staring at you this time. Nobody's going to be saying, are you doing it? Are you doing it? We're, nobody's going to be doing any of that. So... Let's pray in the Spirit. We're going to go for a good three minutes here, and then I've got some concluding thoughts. So here we go. Turn that music up. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for everybody that's got the beginning. I pray for everybody that's stuck. Loose them. Loose them. Loose them. Okay, guys. I want to, I want to just make... I want to give a few concluding comments. I love, I love the rumble of tongues. All right, here's, here's the concluding comments. Number one, do not be put off 
if your language doesn't sound impressive to you. This one guy, this one guy had a language, and it was like this. It sounded like Morse code. People actually made fun of his prayer language. He ended up going to a tribe that spoke that language. Crazy, crazy. Another guy uh, got prayed for for the baptism. There were some women, excited women, praying for him. And he started speaking in tongues. And they said, you received, you received. He said, no, I didn't. He said, I'm making all this up. And this lady stands up in the first pew and she says, sir, I am from an African tribe and you are praising God perfectly in my language. Just because it feels like it's you does not mean that it is not God. Thirdly, if you are maybe not unhappy, but unimpressed with what you have right now, I'm going to encourage you to persevere. Maybe you feel like you've got nothing so far that it was just you trying and that nothing of it was good. Something happened tonight when you received. It's not unpacked yet. That's okay. Let it happen. Practice. Step out. Be in this adventure with God. But more than anything else, do not leave this place feeling like somehow that you're a disappointment to God or that somehow you must not be good enough for this. That is an absolute lie of hell. You are a delight to God. God is very excited about you. And frankly, if it's a little harder to get it, when you do get it, you value it a little more. (laughs) I've noticed that. that It's very valuable to some people. When it comes really easy, things that come really easy tend to be treated. And so I want to give a warning to those that have received Use your prayer language every day. It's a weapon in your bag, and the enemy will try to steal. He'll steal anything that's not nailed down. Do you know what, whose voice it was that said that first day? This isn't you. This isn't God. It's just you. That was the enemy. The enemy is trying to steal this thing right from the beginning. And I, uh, he will try to steal it because this is a threat to him. It's a threat to his kingdom. It's a threat because this is going to help you fulfill your destiny. So let's just do a closing prayer to seal every good thing that happened here tonight. Could we? Father, thank you. Thank you for your precious, precious sons and daughters. Thank you for your generous filling tonight of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the new prayer language. With some, it it was already there, but the, the river rushed tonight. Thank you for that. Lord, would you seal this in each heart? Seal this gift, seal this prayer language. And Father, we are hungry and thirsty for everything you have. I pray for everybody that was disappointed with what they got tonight or what they feel like they've got. Lord, would you help them to persevere? Help them to push off any discouragement from tonight and let them rest in your love and in your goodness and let them know that them and God are going to walk in every gift that you have for them, however long it takes to work it all out. Lord, please, don't let this be an end for any of us. Let it be a beginning of moving more in the river of God, moving more. Add other gifts, add the prophetic, add healing, add discerning of spirits, add miracles, add God, add your gifts to us for this hurting, dying world that needs Christ. Bless us tonight, bless each of us as we travel and from the coming storm, in Jesus' name, amen.
You guys are amazing. God bless you. Have a great night.